Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. Of course, you get in the car after that, and you're like, God, I'm just so creepy crawly, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we get home, and I'm sitting out on the deck with her, and all of a sudden, I feel on my arm, and I look down, and I had a tick crawling on my arm. I'm like, Geesh. Are they big ones? No, they're very small. Oh, my God. That's yeah. always, like, the most scary thing when they show the whatever on Facebook or Instagram. It's like the six different sizes of ticks. Yeah. And the last one's like a grain of sand. You're like, I'm never going to see that thing. Yeah, I would put this one at, like, a uh, maybe two Sharpie marker dots. Very size small. with legs. <laughs> the thing about ticks too is you like they're assholes, but then they look like even more assholes. Like they just look like jerks. Well, they sit up and do like that. Yeah. Like a toddler, like pick me up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the arms waving in the air. <laughs> yeah. So of course, like as we're leaving, Taylor's like, turn around. I got to check you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, get in the car. I'm like, I'm not doing a check. And then I have one on my arm. Uh, so then we're watching a movie later that night and all of a sudden she's freaking out. She's like, get it off me, get it off me. And I crawling up her sweat pant leg is like another one. And so it wasn't uh, even attached. <laughs> it wasn't attached. No. <laughs> yeah. And so of course that this is 10 o'clock at night before shift. And so now we're doing a deep clean of the room and Sadie and oh, everything. Man. And, uh, all I can surmise is that there are a few more just crawling on her that we didn't see at the place. And then they jumped, jumped off, you know, cause she had her foot on Sadie, uh, you know, so I'm sure it just, connected that way and yeah i'm sure i was just sitting right next to she was laying at my feet on the deck so i'm sure it just hopped off then but uh <laughs> like yeah you just get the itchies you do man <laughs> nathan had pink eye before we went to um florida like a few days before he woke up just all goopy mm-hmm. I'm like it makes sense we're trying to potty train him so he's digging in his butt and uh, yeah. whatever you know and um never Never in a three-day span have I wanted to scratch my eyes more. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I could not yeah. keep my hands just away from itchy. my eyes. Yep. Like, Because he's rubbing them constantly, and they just look terrible, mm-hmm. you know, just for a day or whatever. It, fun, surprise, though, we took him to the doctor, and she's like, yeah, as soon as you start putting this stuff in his eyes, he's not contagious anymore. Mm. I'm like, oh, I thought as long as it was gross, he was. She's like, no, as soon as you start treating with antibiotics, it's all. The, the threat is gone. Huh. I was like, well, I don't trust that, but appreciate the thought at least but yeah just just it was almost like at the beginning of covid we're like don't touch your face yeah. and do this you're all of a sudden aware of how much you touch your face right yeah and uh god my yeah my eyes have never been so itchy mm-hmm. in all my life <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as he stopped paying attention to him i didn't think about it again yeah but it was a struggle i was like wiping my arms on my or my wife my eyes like my oh yeah bicep in my armpit and uh-huh. stuff trying to <laughs> like pick up a rag and then wipe my eyes and throw it in the basement for yep. the wash um super gross we were talking before, we had that last episode, and I'll tell you what, it's trending far higher than the other episodes around it, probably almost double the listenership, which is which is still a low amount of people in general, my nice little community of the dozens of people that listen to this thing. Mm-hmm. But I will say that we I got approached at work by more people for this one, also because I happen to be working with this, 
the main subject of that podcast like the next day. Yeah. And so I got a few texts on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of them were like, oh, you're going to make him listen to your episode? You're going to blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, kind of. Like, yeah. <laughs> listen, this is all stuff that I've yeah. talked about with this guy before. Um, and I told him, I said, uh, just so you know, there's this episode. And Kurt and I talked about fitness in general. And I used you with that fire as an example because that's a pertinent example. Mm-hmm. And I said, nothing in there that you're going to hear is different than what I've told you before. And not, it's not anything different than we're working on, but it's an important lesson to learn. Right. And I will say that throughout this guy's trials and tribulations on, on probation, he was like, yeah, I get it. I'm still working on it. We did go into another conversation about his training plan. Um, and we can kind of get into that. But it just showed that it showed to me his willingness. And he's, he's a nice kid. I mean, he wants to do well. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever questioned that. Yeah, I think he's a little bit misguided. Um, I think he has a little bit of obligation to do well by everybody. So, like, the training plan he sucked into is because his friend's a trainer at Export. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do his friend a favor and sign up with him. Yeah. But now you're working with a guy who is just getting into the, the game, who's not getting you the, the results you want. Mm-hmm. And you feel an obligation to stick with them. And so I had to have a talk with him. Like, listen, man, this guy's not going to pay your car payment when you're not employed here right. because you felt bad for hurting his feelings. Like right. he's not making money as a trainer. He's not going to make enough money to support both of you when you don't have a job. And, uh, so we looked for different gyms for him and, uh, found two in his area that are good enough. Like mm-hmm. one of them looks pretty good. Yeah. I even referred him to a CrossFit gym just because I'm like, this is going to be better than nothing. Right. And what you need is just a little bit of motivation and community to get you going. Mm-hmm. So other people pushing you is going to be the best thing for you. And CrossFit's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're with a CrossFit that can recognize your limitations and pay attention to what you're doing, you shouldn't have a problem there. So he agreed, and he's going to go check them out, and I hope he does. But uh, I think people were surprised by that, of like um, that I was able to function around this guy yeah. more, and that I wasn't afraid to have the same conversation that we had on the podcast with him. And I thought that brought up a good point because I got another text from a, a different officer that was like, hey, you're right, what you and Kurt talked about, like this is a difficult thing for me to bring up because I don't feel like I'm in good shape. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go telling someone they should be in phenomenal shape when I look like I do. So what, you know, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I told him basically like, all you have to be doing is showing that you're working on it right. actively and consistently like actually doing something and that you lead a lifestyle that is conducive that you're leading down that path and then it can be hey we're working on this together right. like we're both not where we want to be i'm taking the steps and i want you to take the steps with me kind of parallel with me because i'm with you and we're going to figure this thing out not you know i'm going to sit in the recliner and eat ice cream while i tell you you should be working out right. because you got free time so i want to get in a little bit because i've only been an officer for a year you've seen a, a large number of them come and go and been under underneath a handful of different personality types you mm-hmm. know um, so i thought it'd be kind of good to get into for this episode was how officers can manage this and what you what what's expected basically from officers yeah. you know um it's like what would you say right off the bat what does that make you kind of think about or who are you thinking of not specifically obviously <laughs> but it obviously makes you think of specific people right yeah so where does that take you like immediately i mean when i so when i started with the the wellness program at the department the officer i had was the he was kind of the fitness spearhead of the fire department. And so he's the one who, you know, got five of us, six of us sent off to BPFTs and really tried to implement. He got like our department physicals going and everything and really wanted to 
make fitness a priority, but almost to the extreme. Like he also, um, he didn't, he just wanted something in it to be important, but didn't know what it was. And at least he was, um, uh, relative or relatable enough to know that that wasn't his thing to move forward. Mm. Relatable is not the right word. He was, uh, realistic. Realistic enough, yeah, to recognize that he wasn't the one who was smart enough to move the thing forward. <laughs> yeah. And so he sent, you know, a bunch of us who were younger who had been into it a little bit more out to do it. And he, I mean, he was a captain at the time, too, so I don't think he really had the time to dele- uh, to, to take it on himself. So he did yeah. a good job of delegating it out. But um, So that that's what I started with. Uh, but I've also been on the far opposite spectrum of having officers who it sure wasn't a priority for them at all, you yeah. know. Um, I think as an officer, I think as working for an officer, I just want the ability to know that that's important to do throughout the day at some point. And it's not, you know, there's, we don't always have a consistent message throughout our department. And I don't think that any department, unless they have a, a, you know, a policy on it are going to have a consistent message. And so I've been lucky enough to have officers who have made fitness a priority. And so if you say, you know, if you have a busy morning or whatever, and it was like, okay, well, I'm, we have these other things we have to do, but it's like, oh, I also was going to try and get a workout in. They did a pretty good job of going, you know what, we can get to inspections another day. Yeah. You know, you guys get your workouts in and do what you have to do. And I've been on with other officers who are like, nope, this is what we're doing. And, you know, you're going to have to do that on your own time stuff. And, and I think for me, Obviously, I'd much prefer to have the officer who realizes that that's important, mm. you know, uh, an important part of their 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 guy's day, you know, and meeting them in the middle on something of, you know, understanding that's important to them, understanding that's de- important for the department long term. And so maybe tabling some stuff uh, to, to another time that maybe they had on their, their schedule to do that day. That's a difficult one because I've never been – I've been asked to do more inspections – I've been asked to do more flow pre-planning, and I've been asked to do spring cleaning, but I've never been asked to make sure that my guys have had enough workout time documented. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. so that's that can be a difficult one to push up the chain of like, why aren't your inspections done? Well, we had two or three calls in the morning, which is typical, and instead of doing inspections, we we invested in working out. You mm-hmm. know, instead of, and that would take a pretty in tune captain, and you'd probably be like, that's okay for that time, but next time do the inspections. Right. Um, so that's really, I feel like that's more of a long game of building that trust. Cause then after you get through, if you do that two or three times and still get all your host testing and inspections and stuff done, mm-hmm. then that captain won't come back to me and be like, Hey, you should have done host testing instead of working out. Right? right. He'll know that we can do this occasionally or as we need to right. and still get all our stuff done. Uh, but you got to be willing to, to do that, which is a difficult one. Well, and here's the thing from my rank of stuff is that. If I, so my main goal is to not do anything that's going to get my officer in trouble because Mm -hmm. then I know that my officer is going to let me do what I, for the most part, want to do throughout the day, you know? And so if I can keep them off the radar, then I stay off of his radar type thing. And so, but in knowing that and knowing that I'm on the same page with my officer with that, I'll do whatever that officer wants to do, no questions asked for the most part, knowing that they're willing to compromise with me on some of the stuff that I find important throughout the day. Yeah. And if I, if I see that pattern pretty early on in our relationship, 
then I'm happy to go out and take a day that's rainy and do five hours of inspections that day, (laughs) you know, or whatever it is, or, you know, jump through whatever hoop we need to, because I know that that officer has, uh, put in some stock in, in keeping my happiness together there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And so as long as I can identify that relationship pretty early, then, you know, and I think most guys are pretty con- I shouldn't say most. I think a lot of guys are pretty consistent. <laughs> Obviously, you have your outliers with that that are just like, yeah. no, well, no. <laughs> well, and there's some people that they replace the they replace the compromise of being able to go work out with the compromise of just leave me alone and let me sit in the chair all day, or yeah. I want to watch I want to watch Maury from one to four in the afternoon. Right. You know, so that's their compromise. Is like this is what makes me happy, so let me do this. Yeah. It's like that's not even in the realm of potential for what right. we're doing today so mm-hmm. no i'm not going to make you happy and i'm sorry about that mm-hmm. watch it from five o'clock on you know whatever right. um but yeah for something well obviously we see value in it but for something that falls within the realm of actually we can find in the policy manual as part of your day mm-hmm. uh obviously i think that's a no-brainer that's a, that can be difficult though because there's a fine line from the officer side uh and less so with fitness, I think, because, like I said, it's a recognized part of kind of our, our daily routine. There's a fine line between compromising with someone and feeling like you're getting taken advantage of. Because then all it takes is the first time we're like, okay, I let you do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. let's go do some inspections. And the first gripe that comes out is right. like, damn it, like, I gave him too much, you know, yeah. and now I got to try to get this back. And then it takes a frank conversation for most people. Yeah. Of outlining that, which doesn't happen a lot of times. Gripes always go up, though. So as the officer, you have to be, you know. Well, let me make it clear, too. There's no one that will gripe more about inspections than me. Right. Like, up to the point where we walk in the door of that business. I think as an officer, if you say we're going out inspecting and you don't hear gripes, like, you'd be like, what's wrong with my crew today? <laughs> just <know>? psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to work with these guys. Yeah, something, there's a bigger issue at hand. <laughs> I don't trust myself alone yeah. with these people. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Something about expectations and oh so what's here's the the struggle i've had is we're just now getting a large influx of new people on our department to the point where like probably and i can't remember what the numbers are but within three or four years a third of the department's going to have less than seven years on or something like that so a massive amount of people for 136 line people um before there's always this period of when you're newly promoted and I'm going to tell someone with five years on senior to me, someone with five more years on than me to take a blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Like it feels awkward. Yeah. Or I'm going to tell this person where to, I'm going to tell an experienced driver where to park, you know, mm-hmm. as someone who's five years junior to them and just become promoted and they've been driving for 10 years. Right. feels awkward. Um, same thing with fitness because at that point we're all approximately the same age or the officer is usually younger than the people that they're mm-hmm. commanding. And so telling a grown adult to go do a workout can feel very awkward. Sure. It's much easier with, with the newer people. We're mm-hmm. like, hey, this is part of your routine. Let's make sure you get a workout in today. I'm going to be doing something too, you know? Right. So as someone who's had junior officers come through, has anybody successfully broached that subject with like a senior crew that you've seen? Because I've seen a few, but it's always been like-minded people. Or the, the officer who was proposing it was relatively inactive, but yeah. proposing it to a highly active crew. So it was a, it was a softball, you know, it was a lot right. to them. What have you seen from, from junior officers or people just trying to broach it with a crew that may not, you know, with just any crew, really? Yeah. Has anybody ever come out and, like, made it, a, besides the first guy, Marauder? 
I don't think so. I can't, I can't think of an officer that I've had who's been junior, who's, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we get them to float in throughout the day and stuff like that, but yeah. I've, I can't, at least on the fitness side, uh, you know, I can't think of anything, obviously, um, there's, you know, stuff on the tactical side and everything that is the way it should go is the officers should create the plan and we're, we're just the dummies there facilitating it, you know, the task guys, you know, and, and that's, you know, to be honest, like for the most part, that's what most of us want anyways, is just tell me what thing you want me to do, you know? And I mean, I mean, it makes me pretty, uh, uh, sick to my not sick to my stomach, <laughs> but it's funny watching people come in and just stand there with the first in bag and need to be told like take a blood pressure or take a blood sugar it's like yeah. we do this every call take the stupid thing out and do yeah. it you know <laughs> uh you know there's like five things that you know every call you're gonna do just yeah. start doing them why why do you have, you know but i also want you know the pit crew thing of like i don't know that i i always operate with like okay here's what it's going to be for the day you're going to be this this and this but yeah. i definitely um I'm more uh, prolonged calls want the officer to be giving that direction, whether they're junior or senior. But uh, in terms of the fitness stuff, I can't think of an officer that I've had that has really been beating the drum of fitness, you know, everyone else. And and maybe it's just because I've, you know, I think people understand mine and your place in the department. And so maybe they feel a little sheepish being like, I'm going to have that conversation with that person. Mm. And I think, I do think that um, they probably have trusted me to have that conversation with the rest of the crew versus them having that discussion. Sure. So I really, I, I guess I can't, I can't point to someone else where they've come in and maybe tried to be the authority figure on that. Well, definitely. I mean, it crosses a personal boundary almost. Right. Like everything else, you can go tell people to pull hose or tie knots, you yeah. know, and that's a professional task. But when it comes to your health, it's it's crossing into like their personal life and that's, that's difficult to broach with people. Yeah. I will say I've done it the opposite way though. Like I'm, I'm pretty, um, forceful on when I start working with new officers of saying like, if we have any complicated lifts today, I'm, I'm going to be in charge of it Mm -hmm. and just listen, you know, listen to what I tell you to do basically, you know? And so if we have, you know, some of our local heavy hitters, like, you know, I have no problem stepping in and being like, this is what we're going to do with this. Yeah. And and I've told officers that I work with, I'm like, listen, like, I know that I don't contribute skillfully to a lot of things, I'm like, <laughs> but if we, <laughs> but if we have this, like, I'm going to take over for yeah. it. And they've all been really receptive of it. So I, I can't, I guess I can't speak to how that feels on the other side, but. As not, as being told to do that? Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I'll take that with any skill available. We almost FaceTimed a guy yesterday because we couldn't figure out a three to one thing on the truck. Yeah. And somebody was like, just call him and ask him how to do it. I'm like, it sounds like a good idea until there's five of us yelling at a phone and this guy's not listening. (laughs) Nobody's listening to him on his off day. Mm -hmm. Like he's not, it's going to feel funny for the first five seconds. Um, That's fine with me altogether. I mean, we have guys on the crew that we've had other officers come in and they've gotten a code. They'll be like, I want you to do this, you to do that, and you do that. And the guy's like, no, I do this. And the rest of the crew's like, yeah, he does that. And they (laughs) they like overrule, you know, and the officer's like, nah, crap. And uh, some officers have responded well to that of like, oh, obviously they have a thing going on here and let them do their thing. And some officers have been very uneasy with that of like, but I told you to start the IO, not innovate. Right. And the guy's like, well, I innovate people. That's what I, that's what I do. Yeah. And I would say for a small department, that would be, well, I shouldn't say either. For a small department, that might be useful too, because the call frequency might be lower. So you want the specialist doing that, that complicated maneuver. For us, we get a ton of reps on that. 
Right. And so on the same token, I want that guy who's had a ton, has done 20 of it this year to do it again Mm -hmm. quickly. Um, but yeah, some officers had, had especially had a if you know that, that guy's gonna do it anyways. You know, it's like <laughs> right. get these two attempts out of the way and that's let, true. The, let the big boy yeah. come in. <laughs> exactly, and that's yeah. So we've had some some, uh, and my uh, station one has some strong personalities there. You know, it's, yeah. I don't want to say we take more ownership in that station, but it still has the the essence about it mm-hmm. of being. You know, we, it's called the varsity station and yeah. the the number one station and all that. It still has that floating around mm-hmm. that you just don't get at yeah. other stations. So it's like you're walking into someone's home arena when you walk into station one. Yeah, like you know that you're in you're in the guest locker room right. when you walk in there. Like, oh man, I'm mm-hmm. walking into a universe here. Yep. Um, back on the fitness stuff, I will say that the fitness conversation is a lot like I've learned that it's a lot like every other conversation that we talked about. Though, is it? It's another. It can be viewed as another skill or another mm-hmm. asset to the crew in the department, right? And most of the time, when I when I've come out and been like, "Hey, today, uh, either I'm going to make a workout for everybody, or I'll be working out, so make sure you know you guys put a lot of effort towards it too." Right. It's a nice day outside. Let's go work out. It's never been. It may not get done. Like people might just not do it mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's never been bucked right. like vocally or even. Um, I've never gotten any negative feedback through the loop. You know, mm-hmm. um, the informal loop yeah of the blue shirt so it can be very uncomfortable but as long as you set the tone and make it just another part of your your thing that's what it is like you said we, sure. for the most part we all just want to be told what to do mm-hmm. and then just perform that yeah and if you just put that out there usually it gets done or at least just not thrown back in your face right and i think too like the hard part with that is that the people who are going to work out you you don't have to have that conversation with yeah. you know you know that they're going to work out and um <clears throat> There's not a, a, and I don't know how it is at other stations, throughout my career, aside from like when we worked together or like, you know, Mickey and I used to work out together. Like there's not a whole lot of like, hey, let's go down and work out together, you know, like group mentality stuff. And and I think because there's not like a standard, like, hey, we're going to go throw 24s. This is how you throw a 24. Like we all agree this is how you do it. Um, Sometimes it's a little harder, I think, in enforcement of just being like, you need to do something today. I know yeah. you don't know what you're going to do or how to do it, but you need to d- make an effort to do it, you know? Yeah. That's one thing that doesn't work is is doing it and hoping people will follow your lead right. on it. Like, that for sure doesn't work. I tried it for a long time of, like, I'm going to work out every morning, and eventually people will see it and feel like they want to join. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. People no. are like, oh, good, he's working out, you know? Like and I that. have tried. I tried, you know, so I, I brought it up in this, this multi-company training that we're teaching this month of, like, you don't have to get, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, you, you don't have to get into your workout gear and allocate 60 minutes and sweat to, right. to do something. And, and I told him, like, set the cable machine to 30 pounds and go up and row 10 times on each arm and then do that five times a day and you've moved 3,000 pounds that day. And it's like, it's better than zero, you know, or yeah. same, you know, grab, grab a dumbbell and do a lap around the apparatus floor in each arm with a farmer's carry 10 times, you know, and it's like, yeah doesn't have to be you know and that takes you don't have to get out of your gear you don't have to break a sweat even really right you know and uh so i'm trying to trying to promote that it's like it doesn't have to be this intimidating room with this perfect plan it just needs to be something moving the dial that way you know yeah. the needle that way whatever we can dial it up did you get any other feedback from that episode i got a lot of i got a lot of positive feedback which was nice i had one conversation with 
I know I asked you a question. I had one conversation with um, a guy who was like, hey, man, I'm trying. You know, like, I know I'm out of shape. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it. Yeah. And I said, well, that's, that's the difference is you're working on it. Well, what Kurt and I were talking about wasn't the people who are trying to fix the issue. It's the people who ever never recognize they have an issue or recognize it and then roll the dice every day, banking on it, never biting them in the ass, right. you know? So, yeah, you are fixing it, and that's the difference. And the guy was like, you'd be disappointed, you know? If I, if I got hired in your department now, you'd be disappointed in me. And I said, I wouldn't be disappointed in you. Yeah. I'd be not accepting of the condition you're in, but you as a person aren't a bad person. Right. You're just in this bad physical condition that we can make better. Yeah. So it's not about being disappointed in someone or like being a bad person. We're just fixing the problem and right. then you'll be operational and I'll like you. Yeah. So I was happy to hear that a lot of people saw that and um, were very, very receptive to it. We got a lot of positive feedback on it and the people who weren't, I think either are on that path and just uncomfortable or they just felt a little bit attacked, you know, it's it's personal though, you know, because you're attacking, yeah, you're attacking someone personally at that point, you know, when it's when it's a ladder throw or you know a, a medic skill or something like that, it's it's not really black and white you know, or gray, you know, it's like you either do it or don't do it, but yeah, you know, when you go into fitness stuff, you're just you're just getting like a little more personal with it. You it's know? very personal, but it's also the the stakes are personal too, right? And. uh I don't know where I don't know where it starts to soften and starts to be too too harsh and too forthcoming, you know, because there's no there's no measure of fitness that says like you have to be this percent body fat or right. able this this much to be a successful firefighter. No, the measure is we hope that you can do what we ask you to do when we need you to do it. Right. You know, so it becomes highly not arbitrary but highly subjective, mm-hmm. and what's acceptable to you might not be acceptable to me. Right. But just having the conversation of like acknowledging that you and I and everybody else could probably could probably invest a little bit more in their fitness or at least right. their maybe their eating habits or maybe their whatever aspect of wellness. Yeah, that shouldn't be such a hard thing to right. to broach. And I think the times that it's been difficult are the times when the just like anything the message is delivered poorly or delivered from a point of inaction and it seems like it just a do as I say mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but the barrier to making that conversation more acceptable and more more easily brought up and, and received is just a little bit of action. Like Just like I talked to the, the told this guy that said, I'm an officer and I feel uncomfortable doing it, to show a little bit of action right. and show that you care about it. It doesn't have to be the number one thing for you. Mm-hmm. It can be just as important to you as inspections are to me. Like yeah. We got these five things. I'm not in love with all of them, but mm-hmm. we got these five things. Right. Fitness can be one of those five things you're not in love with, but mm-hmm. it's just on the docket. That's fine. Yeah. But if it's not there, then it's just, it's definitely not there. Right. It's got to be there even if it's not one of the favorite things. Mm-hmm. And since it's such a personal thing, I think people feel like it has to be either you're all in or you're all out. Right. And this dabbling thing doesn't work. And every time I go work out, I just feel uncomfortable and sore. And so I'm going to take a week off and then go back to it. And I still hate it. Mm-hmm. Or I pick up running every spring and my shins are killing me and this sucks and I spend a hundred bucks on shoes and just now I cut the grass with them. Right. Um, but it just takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of intention more than anything. And, you know, you're, you're going to be in the vast majority then. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people aren't like us where they, they built businesses around it. Mm-hmm. A vast majority of people are like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do a workout a couple times a week maybe or I'll go for a right. walk. And if you just show a little bit of 
effort as an officer, that's all it's going to take because you're going to fall. You're going to bring along the majority with you, and right. we'll all be better for it. But avoiding it, like Sadie's puke on the ground when you're walking by it, you know, like she does, like, yep. <laughs> skirting around the outside of the room with it, doesn't do anybody any favors. Right. It makes you feel not bad for not confronting someone about something. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to fix the. It's not going to help make progress towards anything positive. Yeah. Uh, for you or for your crew. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be my advice is just do a, a little bit of something and bring people along with you. Yeah. Not t- don't tell people what to do from a, a vantage point, but do something. Establish it as a piece of the puzzle, relative, rel- regardless of the importance you put on it. Just make it a, a present thing. Right. And then keep it on the radar and keep moving towards it in some form or fashion, and you'll be better off than just avoiding it. Yeah. I think on the receiving end of it, too, I think um, – I think what I'd like to see is like if, if my officer identifies it as like come to me and, you know, let's just like have a, a discussion about it across the desk, you know, of like it is almost like a, just a compassionate, you know, witness of like, hey, you know, I noticed this. Like, is there anything we can help you with, you know, and, and make make help available versus <clears throat> just identifying the problem and be like, you suck, you suck, uh, figure this out, you know? Yeah. And I think as somebody who's looked, I think that's probably the best way to to get maybe some buy-in from that person of going like, well, at least he cares, you know, he's, maybe there's just a better path than identifying that somebody could use a little help with their struggle versus, hey, that person really sucked. They need to hit the treadmill. Oh, yeah. You know, and then be like, good luck hitting that treadmill. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> <laughs> Check it with you for your yeah, goals. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's supposed to be. If I had to, if I had to kind of separate what I've considered people that want to be leaders and officers and not, mm-hmm. it's the difference between bringing up a problem or bringing up a solution with right. a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if you're an officer and you identify a specific problem, you should come with at least a generic solution. Mm-hmm. A more specific one's great if you have the resources to do it, right? right. Again, it just goes back to we just have a general fear of bringing this stuff up and then acknowledging that we all stack on some pounds in the, in right. our 25 to 35 years mm-hmm. and let's not be so weird about it and just yeah. admit that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and then collectively move forward as in a positive manner. I think we have a lot of trouble starting a conversation, fearing the worst. Yeah. But I think most people will have the conversation with you easier than you think. So just have the conversation, you know, um, I think we spend so much time going, oh, you know, what if I do this, how's what environment am I going to create? And yeah. is he going to be mad at me? Is he, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like most people are willing to have just a, a face-to-face conversation respectfully, and it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. So just have the conversation. And if it goes wrong, then sorry. But yeah, one <laughs> less person. Then this was bad advice. But. <laughs> one less person to trade with, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, we got some coffee donations last time. Oh, I forgot. What am I drinking this water for? Because <laughs> I rode my bike today. Uh, Angie Bishop reached out and sent us a bunch of coffee. And then I actually met her at a Mavis drill, and she's awesome. The first time, I, second time I met her, we saw each other at the hospital, and she creeped on me and then sent me a message afterwards like, I just saw you at the hospital. I'm like, what's up, you psycho? Like, come <laughs> yeah, say hi to me. <laughs> and then, uh, Looking around the corner. And then I uh, met her at Mavis drill. She's an ass kicker, and um, 
she bought us a bunch of coffee. So thank you, Angie. If thank you guys, you. yeah, if you guys want to buy us coffee because you like what we're saying, or if you disagree with us, buy us more coffee. Go to the wet, the Fourth Shift Fitness website. Um, it's just Fourth Shift number four th shiftfitness.com. You'll see a buy me a coffee button on the episodes page, and I'll post it a few times. Go on there and click how many coffees you want to buy me and Kurt. And we'll keep talking about stuff. Uh, reach out if you guys need anything, and we'll talk to you soon.